been getting treated for high blood pressure, and then the point of the stroke comes on six different medications, none of them are bringing the blood pressure down. I'm not the kind of person who has anxious, who's anxious or worries. So the doctor and myself had couldn't find a reason why I had high blood pressure, but it was I was working and coaching and uh, going to the gym, etc. And with my blood pressure regularly over 200 to over 200, 100, so it was really high. So when I sat down, I started to feel really awkward, really ill. Uh, I told my son to phone the 999, and then I collapsed, and I've got various small memories. I woke up in the hospital later that night. I was in high dependency for, for two days or three days, and then I was put on board. Luckily, I had a, a great ward, Ward 42 at the Victoria Hospital in Kirkcaldy, which is for brain injuries, and I was in my own room. I was there for 10 weeks in total. I think after about two or three days in the hospital, I contracted pneumonia. So the first three weeks of hospital, I don't really remember. Small snippets of information, see the kids and my wife being there, but really not much, don't remember conversations. After three or four weeks, I got into the rehab. I'd done the rehab every day on the ward, done physiotherapy with me and speech and language. The brainstem caused the balance in my body to be totally kaput. So the equilibrium centre in the brain was fried, basically. And when balance is my biggest problem now. I can't also, I don't have a full swallow yet. And as you can hear from my voice, it comes and goes a bit. So I've got a bit to go, but I got home after 10 weeks in St George Sharp. Uh, 20 weeks in, in total in hospital and in rehab. Hello, Mark Goodyear here. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Today we hear from Don Edmonston from Fife, Scotland. Don had a stroke at the age of 56. Work-wise, I uh, worked at the construction industry. I uh, went under for heating and new builds and properties and bone sites and also created concrete floors. Hobby-wise, before, well, for the last 37 years, I've only had one hobby, which is American football. I was a professional at one point back in the 90s. I played and coached, managed various teams over the years, including winning the European gold medal with the Great Britain Lions team in Europe. I'm married to Julie and I've got four kids. I'd been getting treated for high blood pressure. And at the point of the stroke, I was on six different medications. None of them were bringing the blood pressure down. I'm not the kind of person who has anxious, who's anxious or worries. So the doctor and myself had couldn't find a reason why I had high blood pressure, but it was I was working and coaching and uh, going to the gym, etc. And with my blood pressure regularly over 200 to over 200, 100, so it was really high. I've also got type 2 diabetes. Uh, the day of the stroke was December 7th. I'd been home from work for a while. I was making soup and I felt a bit, a bit funny in the kitchen. I asked my youngest son, Callum, 
Don was anxious about returning home. I didn't think I was going to be scared at first. I, I think I told my wife and the doctors, you know, I'd be fine. But I sort of, when I did get home, I was a bit anxious about things. One of the biggest problems, I suppose, that affects many people and causes the most problems are finances. I've now been told that I don't, don't think I'll get back to any type of physical work ever again. So, you know, we're a big financial stress for us about the mortgage and can we keep the house, etc. cetera. We might have to sell the house. But I was anxious about coming home and having doctors right next to me. But uh, it was only for a couple of days after that, I sort of, I was quite happy being home. 20 weeks away from home, 20 weeks having no by mouth, having no interaction with the outside world, basically. It's quite strange to come home and all sorts of things happened and, you know, life moved on, but it was almost like I was trapped back in December. 
I've forgot about Christmas, and there's a, a family story called Turkey Gate, which same way I wouldn't have any way to cook the turkey properly, so I stayed in the freezer, even though it cost me a fortune, and uh, uh, I all passed by, you know, when I got home, but as soon as I was home for about a week, I was I'm really glad to be home, back at home, and it helps my wife, puts her at ease. She's a lot better with me being home than I was in the hospital, because she was still having to try and work part-time, look after the house, and then come visit me, so... If anybody deserved the rest, it was her more than anybody else. She was more stressed than I was. You know, being in five weeks, I've come home the biggest. Only stress I've got now is trying to find out, that, trying to work the benefit system, which is an absolute nightmare. But apart from that, doing really well. So I get a physio once a week back in the surgery trap unit. I also do a bit of my own stuff. I'll be in the pool. I do stuff in the house. Um, just walk up downstairs, walk in the garden. I've got two sticks and a rolling frame, but neither is good for outside. So outdoors, I'm in a wheelchair. But I'm lucky I've got a good garden that's confined. I've got hard so tough, so I can walk in that, and I'm I'm not gonna hurt myself or fall over. Because that's the biggest worry is falling over and causing any more damage. I get physio every week and do a bit myself. I'm an ex. Sports therapist. I've done a sports therapy course at university. So I'm lucky I know a lot of, I've got a bit of knowledge on rehab and physiotherapy, so it sort of helps it. But to be honest, just being home and being more active is more rehab than what I got when I was in hospital, you know, five minutes a day, half an hour a day. So being home, um, learning to get around the house, up and down the stairs, uh, making a coffee and that there. Things are taking a bit of strain on you, but it's more like rehab than what was doing in hospital. The balance will either get gradually better over years, many, many years, could be five, ten, even longer. But it could never return. It will never be right. And there's nothing they can do about that physically. It's just whether my brain will is not damaged enough that won't stop it retraining. So and my physiotherapy revolves around on bands on one foot and using motion balls and stuff like that. I can stand up unaided. I can I can walk a few steps in the house. My left leg just doesn't want to work right, so I'd have a quite a funny gait when I'm walking. But the balance is for me is quite bad. Even just turn over the bed from the back to my side. It's like I suppose it'd be like something I've invented go. But worse. The room doesn't spin, but I just I feel as if I've stepped off something like the waltzes or something in the fairground. Mm-hmm. Really, I feel really your body doesn't feel in sync with your brain. And so just the smallest movement, even head turn sat in the chair watching telly and turn to talk to my wife, even that you can feel the balance thing in the head going. So the balance doesn't mean, but the this, this swallow, I've been told by the speech and language therapy, in their opinion, they think it will get back to close to the swallow. They think I've got a paralysis on the left side of my um, vocal cord, which can be fixed with a small operation, much like Botox. 
someone away and let's take it that. And the physical, physical stuff, actual physically walking, um, one of the things I think with having a stroke, everybody says you've got to stay positive. And I'm a positive person anyway. And I've always said, even in the hospital, that if this is as good as it gets, I'm going to be happy about it because when I was on Word 42, probably in that 10 weeks, probably between 9 and 12 people didn't get out of the hospital. They went down to Mortuary. And uh, I was very lucky. So you got to count your blessings and work on what you can work on and what's, you know, what I can't do, I'm not going to worry about. And I'll just take care of myself. Coming up, Dunn talks about seeking out help. I sent an email to the Stroke Association, but I was just asking them if they had advice on their finances and etc. And they said, individually, you're better speaking to citizens' advice. They're probably best to go to help. But I had a woman out today who works for some voluntary organisation. She has told me to get back in touch with the Stroke Association because they do have other people that can come out and give my advice. And has advice for the loved ones of a stroke survivor. I would say give the patient, your partner, time and remember that they could come out of hospital a totally different person. What they were in, which thankfully didn't happen to be because that was one of my wife's biggest worries, I know that. And, uh, you know, she says you are, you're an old git when you were in, you come out an old git, so quite, quite lucky. <laughs> Let's hear Don's plans for the future. I don't want to be at work. Uh, I know I might have to change, and I think within a year I'll be able to drive again because I'm in the car as a passenger. I don't have any problems. So I think I could drive again, and I'm probably have to do something really simple like um, delivering Chinese meals at night or something. In the stage where I'm looking at getting advice for is there ways I can retrain as a funding for courses I can get retraining to do work every day when they were to work from home if I wasn't physically able to do my whole job. So really I need to do a job where I'm at home or in a call centre type thing. And I do want to go back to work, so I, I do want that, but you know, right now I'm concentrating on rehab and find out information. And that's the hard thing is, information is not easy to find. I don't know where to go for it either, so it's hard finding information, right? I sent an email to the Stroke Association, but I was just asking them if they had advice on their finances and etc. And they said, individually, you're better off speaking to citizens' advice. They're probably best to go to help. But I had a woman out today who works for some voluntary organisation she has told me to get back in touch with Stroke Association because they do have other people that can come out and give my advice and stuff like that. So I suppose that would be my next step is contacting them. But that's the only people I know of is the Stroke Association. I was in hospital with well, a guy just left before I was in. who's a friend of mine. I didn't even know he had a stroke. So I've been speaking to him. But I've got a couple of friends I've had him. I've spoke to him and luckily enough as well, one of the nurses that was on my stroke ward, and it's her George Sharp unit. 
she's also a good personal friend. So I have spoke to several people, but nothing more than just how you doing, how you get on, do you need help with this or that? You know, that's it. It's just nothing, nothing further. And finally, here's Don's advice for stroke survivors on living life after stroke. For someone who's had a stroke, the first thing is to remain as positive as possible. I think a positive mindset, me being a coach as well, and being involved in team sports, I've got that ideology where never give up. I think that has really helped me. So I'd say to anybody, where possible, have a positive mindset. There's always people in a worse situation than yourself. And then go and speak to other people, get help. Like I'm trying to do just that, you know, you don't be afraid to ask help. For loved ones, I would just say, luckily, I, I've had suffered no mental problems from my stroke, apart from I sometimes forget a lot of words. I get mixed up. I would say, give the patient, your partner, time and remember that they could come out of hospital a totally different person which thankfully didn't happen to be because that was one of my wife's biggest worries I know that and uh, you know she says you are you know not get when you were in you come out and I'll get so quite, quite lucky <laughs> but apart from that just um, positive attitude do your rehab and try and eliminate what it was that caused the stroke in the first place Don suffered two serious strokes simultaneously and after a lengthy stay in hospital, he's back home and making good progress in his recovery and is working towards being able to drive again. Thank you for supporting Stroke Stories. Please do recommend the podcast to anybody you think it might help and if you know or you are a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, please contact us via our DMs on Twitter or Instagram. They're always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.